to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A variety of things we're going to look at. Money. How much of it's being pumped into the commodities at this point? As we know the weather, we've heard lots of talk about what's been happening in South America, even hearing stories about beans sprouting in the pods in some areas because it's so wet. And then you've got the opposite extreme with some real big dryness issues. We're going to talk about that. Also, what's the demand for U.S. wheat and an ethanol report that came out today? And if time allows on the flip side, we're going to take a look at these catalyst things, get back into operational after last week's Arctic blast from really the Mexican border all the way up into Canada. As Arlen Suderman joins us today, he is with Stonex. So we'll start out with the big question. Are we really pumping some money into this commodities? Yeah, we really are. Uh, M1 money supply is at an unprecedented level, up about 74% year on year. So between fiscal stimulus and, and monetary stimulus, we've pumped a lot of money into the system. That money is finding its way into the markets. And We've been seeing that happen in the commodities now for a number of months. Uh, it's starting to make more news and getting more momentum now with yields on 10 treasuries really starting to spike higher. They spiked above, I think it was 1.43% or close to 1.43% today. Put a little bit of perspective on it. Last March, they hit a low of 0.32%. Um, now, we're still at a historically low level. It's not the level that is the factor. It's the speed at which we've been seeing it go up over 50 basis points here since the first of the year and just going up at a fast pace. That suggests inflation pressures. And when the fund managers start thinking about inflation, they want to hedge against that inflation. So one of the ways they tend to do that is pump money into the commodity sector. Now, particularly those commodities may have a story. And fortunately, we have some commodities that have a story. But I'm still saying we're probably amplifying the move based up from the story based on how these funds now are pumping money into it and on march 15th we're going to expand the cme group is going to expand position limits um, by 60 to 80 percent depending on the commodity which will enable these institutional investors to have even larger positions so perhaps creating even more volatile markets so it, it's a big factor and it's going to be with us enjoy it from a producer standpoint while it's going up although end users don't care for what's happening but it will one day work in the opposite direction as well i was just going to say at one point we'll see that pendulum swing and the livestock guys will be making some profits yeah certainly so and that's one of the jobs of the livestock market now is to price in high enough values to keep livestock producers from curtailing production too much because of high feed costs. Uh, we see that market, the hog market is most responsive to that, uh, but the cattle market, particularly the deferred contracts, will start pricing that in as well. So let's look at the, the corn and the beans. We know that uh, South America has had a lot of weather concerns. Speaking of pendulum swinging, it has definitely been seen in that country. 
Yeah, the January, excuse me, the March soybean contract, which is a lead contract about to go in delivery now, is is trading really less than a dime away. No, that settlement is a little more than a dime, but uh, away from those January highs now. So it's poised to test the January highs, and the market is feeling bullish. Um, so we'll have to see what kind of buy stops it finds when it gets up to that point. Uh, corn is also Moving higher, following it higher with support for you know for similar reasons for the weather, um, just below the highs that were uh, recently set a few weeks ago. Uh, too wet in northern Brazil. Persistent rains as they need to harvest the soybean crop, which raises some quality concerns. It's not going to impact yield anymore at this point, but it can create some quality problems with the beans, um, and also the safrina corn crop. Safrina meaning shorter or second crop. It's actually the bigger crop now. It's over 75% of what they produce each year. They need to get that crop planted this week because beyond this, they're past the optimal window, and it really increases the odds that the rainy season will end. And it goes when the rainy season ends in Brazil, it goes dry. It goes bone dry. And the fear is you know, that it will end before the crop has completed its reproductive cycle, so it can dramatically in, uh, impact yields. Um, so as I talk to our people down there, they say, don't worry. The acres are going to get planted. Their prices are so high that the incentive is there, like it was here in the States in 2019, to go ahead and plant late. So they will plant late. That means that they have to have a longer rainy season this year. If that happens, and at times in the past when this has happened, they have had good crops. So we can't assume it means a short crop. But right now, forecasters are telling us that the odds are leaning toward an early end to the rainy season rather than a late end. So this has got traders concerned. As for the quality issues, I talked to our people. They say, yes, there are quality issues. They are not widespread at this point, but could become so if the rains continue as the forecasts currently call for. Further south in Argentina, it's dry. The month of February has been quite dry. January, they had some good rains. Um, but it's also been cool, been very mild. That has limited the stress level. But now for the rest of this week and into next week, those temperatures are going up, 90 to 100 degree temperatures, and still dry. So we're anticipating stress on the crops as they go through reproductive phase is going to be increasing over the next 10 days to two weeks in Argentina. Well, when we come back, we're going to find what does that all mean for U.S. producers if we know stocks have been definitely on the tighter side and we'll take a look at what's been going on the demand that's going on for u.s wheat the ethanol report that came out definitely seeing some ill effects of last week's cold snap throughout the united states and then hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a little bit of cattle and livestock as what's happening as operations get back online more is coming up it is the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman of Stonex. So before we went to break, we were talking about all these concerns that are happening in South America. And I know that's, it's comparing, you know, Iowa to Nebraska. I mean, when folks have to remember that we talk South America, we're not just looking at the country as a whole, Arlen. But what does this mean as these producers down there continue to have the struggles? What does that mean for our producers here in the States? Well, the soybean balance sheet is 
very tight right now globally. So any shortage in any area of the world just puts that much stress on supplies in other areas of the world. And so for now, what it means, if they have any problems, that puts more pressure on U.S. demand. And we're already looking at the likelihood of shortages in parts of the U.S. this summer, trying to encourage imports. I anticipate right now that we're going to see an increase in imports of soybeans, although that's very difficult because of our infrastructure to bring soybeans up the river. We're probably more looking at soy meal imports. Well, if you're going to import soy meal, where's it going to come from? Either Brazil or Argentina. If Argentina has a short crop, that makes that more challenging. If Brazil, if you're going to get meal from Brazil, increase their demand for soy meal. Uh, it's going to be more expensive. Their processors are primarily inland and have to be trucked to the ports, and their trucking fees are really high right now, so that raises the value of meal. But it also reduces what they can export in the way of whole soybeans, which would mean fewer soybeans that China can take, China coming back before we to U.S. for supplies then, before we've been able to harvest. So it looks like the next six months are going to be ongoing challenge to try to ration the supplies that are available and then see if the U.S. can have a good growing season to try to start rebuilding those stocks overall. Um, but with corn, we're not as tight as soybeans, but we're on the cusp of that. And a lot of that hinges on how big a crop do they have in South America. If they have a short crop, then we could be in a similar tight situation to what we are in soybeans. Uh, regardless, it's snug. And uh, the market's got to respect that and make sure it doesn't lose acres to soybeans as we go into this next growing season. And if South America has a short corn crop, corn needs to get acres, and soybeans can't afford to give up any acres. They actually need a few more yet. So uh, it's, I think volatility is going to be around for a while. Are we seeing that happen with the, with the demand for U.S. wheat as we look at the global issues that are happening? Yeah, wheat supplies is a little different story. When you look at the world balance sheet, we have lots of wheat in the world, but half of it is in China. And so, and China's not a part of, of really selling any or exporting any wheat. Uh, when you look at the wheat supplies among the major exporters, those are tight. We're seeing Russia start to pull back on how much it exports, wanting to hold down its domestic prices and hold on to bigger reserves. We're seeing uh, other countries take a similar approach. Europe now is starting to get tight on available supplies to export. And so their prices have really been going up. And so if people can't get it from Russia, they can't get it from Europe, then that send, tends to send more business to the United States. And I think we're going to have this friction and volatility in the wheat market again until we see the size of the new crop and whether we can start rebuilding some supplies uh, in wheat in, in among the major exporting countries. So what are your thoughts on what's been happening with this ethanol report that came out uh, earlier today? Yeah, it really showed what's happened with the cold weather last week. It was tough to maintain ethanol production when it was so cold. So we saw ethanol production, which was already down from last year's 1.054 million barrels per day, dropping down to 911,000 barrels per day two weeks ago. And then the cold hit, it fell to 658,000 barrels per day. So a sharp decline. What did that do for corn consumption? It dropped corn consumption from 92 million 
bushels two weeks ago to 66.5 million bushels last week. Now we anticipate that's going to come back now over the next few weeks that so we're going to start rebuilding that production again. We did see stocks pull back uh, as demand exceeded it. But really, when you look at the gasoline consumption numbers, yes, refineries were shutting down. We lost about 5.5 million barrels per day of refining capacity due to the cold power outages, equipment not functioning, et cetera, in the southern plains last week. But driving really dropped. So demand dropped even further. And uh, so that you drive less, consume less gasoline, that means less demand for ethanol as well. Are we going to see that demand and that issue happen for this cattle market as they try to rebound? Yeah, we've seen cash trading around 114 this week. Um, the market's obviously trading at a big premium to add about $8 for the April, saying that they expect cash to rebound in the weeks ahead. All right, sounds good, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-E-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.